This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Wood and you're tuned into the pre-match show live in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. This is the Portsmouth at Home edition and joining me as always is my good buddy Seb. Seb, we are live. Don't say naughty words. Don't have an internet failure because it'll be brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, how you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'm broadcasting from Suffolk from my mum's uh, okay. mom's new house. So oh, if you see things in the background of Duran Duran and stuff like that, it isn't mine. I've, I've used the shirt to hide as, as much stuff as I possibly can. Well, we couldn't. I mean, I couldn't tell it's Duran Duran, but now I know. So, I mean, are these like keepsakes? Are these like... Are these the eBay purchases? Uh, sales I think feature? so, yeah. Y- years of eBay and Amazon impulsive purchases that are going to sit here gathering dust for the next few years. Lovely stuff. Well, as you mentioned, we are live and it says so in the top right-hand corner as well. So we want to hear from you. We'll obviously uh, be drilling into Portsmouth in great detail, trying to find the weaknesses there. Um, we've both done quite a lot of research and I'm not sure drawn too many conclusions. So we'll do our best there. Um, plenty of news to talk about, which we'll go to in a sec. And um, my favourite feature, um, you love it. Seb loves it. I love it. Um, sliding door. So we'll get on to, uh, we'll get on to that. But firstly, let's say hello to some folks. Charlie, in, in Out of the Blocks, quickly evening to you. Evening to Matt, one of the friends of Blue Monday. Good to hear from you, Matt. Um, Michael Warner, though, winning the early bird prize here. 6 a.m. Uh, from uh, good evening, good morning, good good 6 a.m. Everyone from Brisbane. So, Michael, great to have you with us as always. FPL Tractor, another member of Friends of Blue Monday. Hello to Lee. Hello to Kirk. Hello to MW. Hello to Skip. Seabass. And um, there you go, Skip. Getting in there early. Nothing wrong with Duran Duran. Exactly right. The reflex and all that. I'm uh, ordinary world. One of the best pop songs ever written. There you go. That's what I think of Duran Duran. Um, Lee, had you more down more of a Spandau Ballet fan? Yeah, I you like, got a bit. I like I like Spandau Bunny. Big big fan. 
Yeah, there you go. There you go. This is different to um, how we thought this evening was going to go, isn't it? <laughs> we can talk about eighties music for for an hour or so. Yeah, we can do. Yeah, what about Tears for Fears? Brand new album out last week. So there you go. Um, evening to Ian. Um, there were six hundred and fifty Darlington fans at York City on a Tuesday night. Not bad for a fan-owned National League North club. Great to have you with us, Ian. And good on Darlington fans making their return back to the football league. We hope. Um, there you go. It's true. All care. We want your. We want definitely want Spandau Ballet and Duran Duran puns. I've set the scene early. Uh, you need to fill. What about bits? Isn't bits oh, the best? What a legend! Um, Cowley looks scared. Checkbook FC will win this four-one. Uh, keep up the great content and hope to see you again soon. Love bits. Bits. Thank you so much for the super chat. Um, super generous and also bits worth a follow on Twitter. Turbo the Sailor. Um, if you see a northern chappy with a smiley face and a camera, go and say hi to Bits and have your photo taken in in, in kind of moody, atmospheric black and white. Um, more and more. Here we go. Here's the gold content. That's what we want. Um, evening to Eric. Um, FBI tractor, hungry for the wolf. I mean, the puns, I need to stop at some point. There you go, Lee. This pun is gold. Thank you very much. Um, Alex, um, evening to you. Thanks for joining us. And Ian likes a bit of trance. There you go. I think, I mean, on that note, how about this for a little bit of trance? It's not really. It's just the, the news bumper. But some really great news this week. Um, the, I mean, we've, the team, we've got two ITFC teams, Seb, as I was chatting to Naked Fussy about this in the week, whose seasons are just building into such drama and excitement. Um, we'll talk about the men's team shortly, but the women's team are just kind of ticking off all of these kind of excellent milestones. Obviously, we know they're in the quarterfinal of the Women's FA Cup, and they've now sold out all the tickets for that tie um, at the Gold Star Ground. I think they'll, so that will set, certainly set a new record attendance. I believe it will just be shy of 2,000 people there. And it will be live on the BBC Red Button as well. So I assume that's how you'll, will you be watching next week, Seb? I will be, yep. I'll be logging in via the, via the red button. And yeah, like you say, what a, what a superb story. Isn't it great to have both, you know, female and, and male sides really, really going for it at the, the business end of the season? It makes such a, such a change from what we've had before. And yeah, absolutely brilliant news. If, you, if you're not going down there, if you're not one of the lucky ones to get a ticket, make sure you click that red button a, a week on Sunday. Yep. And we'll have plenty of build up for that next week, hoping for a similar kind of situation as to how um, as to what happened previously when we had a trio of first teamers. And worth mentioning that the team's league um, action continues a tricky trip all the way to Cardiff, a place you bloody love. Down in Wales, Seb. Um, no, it's North Wales, isn't it? Your, that's your neck of the woods. Don't like this. Is there any North South rivalry in Wales? I think yeah. so, but they're all united with their hatred for the English. So I think it brings yeah, so them together. Just... Fair enough. I'm um, hated wherever I go. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I know that's like. They're, so off to Cardiff, um, and it's it's the Cardiff City ladies, not Cardiff City women, uh, who are affiliated to Cardiff City's men's team. So um, not Cardiff City affiliated is the team that they're playing. Weird words. Um, and uh, last time out, one nil victory at the Gold Star. Maddie Biggs with a goal. And worth noting, we were talking about this um, on certainly on Naked Footy, but the flagship as well. Oxford v Southampton ended in a one-all draw, which probably I think that's what you the were. Best, that's what, yeah. Me and Dave yeah. thought that'd be the best result, don't we? I, we always believe if there's three points available and one goes into the ether, that's a good result all round. And Cardiff, um, going back to Cardiff, ninth in the league, unbeaten the last two. 
um, and drew with eighth placed Portsmouth, I want to say, last time around. So um could be a tricky tie. It's obviously a long way to go, but we wish them all the best. Nice confidence booster, hopefully, before the big one next week and keep that league um, title interesting for as long as possible. And the, that would be three wins in the bounce if they can do that. So all the best to them. Um, worth adding in at this point as well, Seb. Um, and I, I guess the guys will talk about it on the flag ship show on Sunday as well. More details about that. Is there some stadium development plan? We knew the indicative plans from the fans Q&A, but it's good to see some pictures. Do you want me to put some pictures up, Seb? Go on, let's see. It looks really good, doesn't it? It looks, it looks superb. My worry the about stand, this... in which case you're not going to be able to see it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, chin up. But then, you know, if you were sat in the North Stand for the last, th- you know, before they put two scoreboards up, you'd have never seen a scoreboard in the North Stand for a while. So um, I'm worried a little bit about this, this kind of big screen that it's right next to the away end. I just worry about people chucking stuff at it. But nah, they'll have thought they'll have thought that through when they it'll be just, it'll be robust. Yeah, it'll be robust. And the dugouts wouldn't it be nice to have? I think this is a better picture here. It sounds strange. It's a bit of a weird thing to say, but the, the dugouts and stuff excite me more than the big screen because our dugouts look absolutely rubbish, don't they? There's no difference between what we sit on and what they sit on, is there? It's the same blue plastic no. chairs, and I think they the look manager so, gets, so... Um, so the, the, we've got the kind of fold-down blue chairs. I do believe the manager and the system manager have a slightly cushiony. <laughs> they get a cushion, yeah, but it's still brilliant. a fold-down jobby, so it's still yeah. So we're, we're finally getting those sort of those bucket seats that we see week in, week out on the on the Premier League, the Premier League side. You know, I think that will look really, really smart. And it's just it all comes back to this this standards that we talked about earlier in the summer, didn't we? Under the new regime, you know, how many times did we say we were crying out for investment in certain areas of the club? They're going to do the pitch. I, I presume that's going to be next summer now because you're not going to get all these things done in one summer, are you? So that's going to be 2023, I assume, for the new the new pitch. And it's just you know, it should have been done years and years years ago and if you and me went into work and the place our offices were you know run down and poor and and trashy looking it must naturally have an effect on your your work performance so it's all part of the you know moving the club forward and we're going to make it so we've got a a proper you know top flight facilities and ground and and hopefully we can do the business on the pitch to get ourselves there but all really really encouraging and to be fair to game changer you know they mentioned it in one of the very very first interviews didn't they about the pitch and stuff like that and and they are seeing it through so yeah more, more great news coming out the club and also worth mentioning about the, the tannoy's getting an upgrade as well because you in the north stand lower you can't hear a thing at the moment can you so yeah kirk has mentioned the tannoy as has charlie <laughs> um so yeah i, I mean the the trouble yeah it, you know the kind of um this sound indicates an important announcement that we play in our bumpers if that went off a i'm not hearing it and b i have no idea what important announcement I'm going to hear to tell me what to do. So when you go into podcast mode and you start to think that you've got a, pod, a live podcast show to, to get ready for. Get, I've got, oh crap, I've got to do some news. No, I will just run across the pitch probably like I did when I was in the cobbled lower when Mill will rip the stand apart and yeah. on the last day of the season and I'll, I'll just do that because least risky, I'm sure, but maybe I'll get a stadium ban. But as you say, great to see some long overdue investment and, I mean, to be honest, it is catching us up to where we probably should have been. Oh yeah, yeah, we should have been. So, no. God, we were seeing big screens at grounds, you know, in in on, on you know in 
mediocre championship sides 10 years ago. So we are way, way behind the curve because of the, the 15 years or whatever it was of underinvestment under under Marcus Evans and, and fair plays to these guys. Because you've got to remember, you know, we, we'll talk about Pompey and how important the game is, but there's, you know, a, a very, very good chance we're not going to go up this season. And it would have been very straightforward when it's come out and say, you know, oh, we, you know, we may be slightly behind what we thought we were going to be. So we're going to cut back and put everything into the playing budget. But no, regardless of, you know, league position and, and what league we're likely to be in next year, they're still cracking on and getting stuff done so all the stuff they said about you know the off field being as important on the on field they're really really delivering on it's just superb yep and lots of people in the comments very excited about that and as matt says bringing us up to date i mean that's the that's the bar really isn't it but it looks like they're gonna there's more to come on that as well so um interested to see the plans i do like a kind of stadium stuff and um and yeah and portman road's so great in terms of Location and potential just hasn't had the just love bring it and up attention to, yeah. needed. Redo the cobbled yeah. stand, you know, bring it into the the twenty first century with corporate facilities and that kind of stuff, and it will it will look superb, won't it? Exactly right. Last bit of news um, is that tomorrow or today, when you're depending on when you're listening to this, if you're not listening to a live, it is our annual um, community day, and a um, lot of folk, um, Mark Ashton, Kira McKenna. Connor Chapman, I think Natasha Thomas as well, been talking about the importance, certainly recently, of the of the community trust, the revamped community trust. Kieran McKenna's massive from my first meetings with Mark Ashton. He was clear on the importance of the club and the community and how they wanted to strengthen the links between the football club and the town and the whole county. Um, and said really important that the club has a positive impact in the local area. And great to see initiatives to trying to boost support for it. I think does it bring a quid to the ground tomorrow? Yeah, bring a quid and... to donate and stuff. And Edmondson's going to be in the fan zone signing things. And yeah, yeah really, really, uh, again, like the stadium developments, more examples of of Game Changer really looking to deliver and, and recognising that key link between the community and between the club. Because it is, it's so, so important. And it, like the stadium, it was massively, massively neglected by Evans. Obviously, he got rid of it. Um, and it, it's great that it's come back. It's great we've got Natasha Thomas and Connor Chaplin involved. And yeah, long may it continue because, you know, if you, if you keep doing these things right... And get the stuff on the pitch right, then you know you're going to be gaining fans for you know for generations to come, rather than letting them slip and go elsewhere, like we were in danger of happening with with other local sides and not so local sides doing really really well. So another massive massive positive story. Yep, and plenty of stuff going on the fanzine as well as George Edmondson, who we'll talk about in a little bit, I'm sure as well. Um, nine whole mini golf, Seb. You're going to go I, practice I, your putting. I know you're. I'll keen take my Odyssey putter down with me and smash clean, that. Clean yeah. up, yeah, just destroy Absolutely the kids. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get out of the way, kids. This is proper <laughs> stuff. Um, Seabass, Sebastian speaks. Sebastian, fellow Sebastian, too many Sebastians. Thank you so much for the super Legend, chat. Thank you. Super generous. Always a frequent flyer on these live pre-match shows as well. So great to have you with us. Um, and thank you for your support as well. Um, and I won't put any emotional pressure on you to vote. You can vote however you want and slide indoors as well, Seabass. So no pressure from me this week. Different. I'm a different man. I'm a changed man. There you go. So um, thank you for joining us and worth picking some comments out as we go as well before we start talking about um, Portsmouth. Um, Lots of, oh, Bits has reminded people about Checkbook FC. There you go. That's a bit panto. I I did some stuff with some Portsmouth fans a few months ago and I think there was still some bitterness there, which which was certainly one way. I've got certainly no problem with Portsmouth, but I think there was, I think their media definitely 
drummed they it up. They tried to hype bit, it up, didn't they? they? I noticed today as well there were comments on their on their website about the, the Jacobs deal again. You know, we don't kind of need to move on, don't we? You know, it happens. It's it, it wasn't great on us at the time, but it's football. And we, we all need to move on, I think, a little bit. I, I presume it's just mainly jealousy. Maybe so. Skip saying, has it, hasn't it been superseded by Galactico League One recruitment? There you go. According to our good buddies at the Kings of Anglia podcast. Evening to Alex, another Alex. Good to have you with us. And Will as well. Um, so great to have you. Yeah, Alex, um, SP228 mentions Edmondson. We'll talk about that. I mean, fairly straightforward replacement there, we think, Seb. So, but we'll talk about injuries and lead ramping up the pressure tomorrow's must win anything anyone that says otherwise is wrong you're wrong yeah i think we i think to be fair we all agree seb are you, do you need to amend your script does it mention marcus harness <laughs> no got it thankfully and he's a big big miss then we'll come on to them but he's a he's a big big miss yep and what else have we got we talked about oh yeah matt Macon. i feel obliged to go full priority point tanoi is the brand there you go. That's getting some good love from everyone there. And yeah, from Kirk as well. There you go. Um, there you go. I have a serious question about the atmosphere in Bobby Robson. No, Blue Action are dedicated to try and create atmosphere and stand. But do you think it's being effective? What should they do? Be honest. Um, I will be honest. I think the drummer guy came in for a little bit of Twitter stick um, earlier in the week. Um, and I can understand that's the kind of thing that isn't for everyone. But personally, I think it's good. I think it's a good way to start chance. The big issue for me, Bits, at the moment, and I say this as someone who's in the North Stand, is blue action. And it was the same at, I don't know if you had the same experience at Morecambe, Seb. There's lots of really crafty and cool little chants that they've come up with. I have no idea what the words are. So I just fall back on the old classics. Um, I just think, Bits, there's a job for, as well as to to be the noise, is is a little bit of just making sure folk actually understand know what's the being chanted. Yeah. It's kind of, well, what, I don't want to go, because I know Norwich kind of did hymn sheets, I think. Well, I was going to say, yeah, on your, on your seat before you sit down. But I do think there's something about just, because I, I also think it's really great when we come up with different innovative chants, because we are pretty guilty as a club of nicking stuff or being quite generic. And there's a few players, Sonny Aluka, I keep talking about this, has got a really generic chant when we should be chanting who needs Messi when we need a Luco to the sound of wake me up before you go, go another eighties classic. There you go. Bring it full circle. So that's, that's my take bits. Seb, what say you? Obviously I don't sit in the, the North stand myself, but whatever I, whenever it's really going, what I find is that quite often out of, out of sync, aren't they? The left-hand side and the right-hand side. So maybe there's a piece for looking to move, um, you know, section, section six, where it is more, more into the center to make sure the whole of the, the lower of the North stand can really, really, you know, hit, hit it all at the same time. That, that always strikes me as being a little bit of an issue, but obviously you're, you're just going to annoy people then by making them move seats and stuff. I think the work they do is brilliant. Um, I like the drummer, but I've never stood next to him. So I can't imagine what it's like well, we did a Morgan. Did we? Wasn't, wasn't too far away, was he? I don't remember that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the way they get the atmosphere going. I think they do great, great work and do great work, um, you know, out, outside of Portman Road as well. So uh, I just think they've got to find a way to, like you say, maybe make sure everyone knows exactly what's coming and, and what all the words are, and maybe look to sort of unite the, the lower north stand in the singing. I think sticking a video on YouTube of their chants and then sticking the in the in the video description might be a good way to do that so but i both of us bits very much supportive of what blue action are a lot of people in the comments saying similar and i think skip's got a really valid point here it doesn't help does I, it yeah there is a kind of in, inherent disadvantage to the north stand lower that it's two tiered 
and the acoustics are appalling. Maybe Michael O'Leary's got a, a novel solution for that as well. But keep doing what you're doing, Blue Action. Keep drumming. Keep the beat alive. All that kind of fun stuff. Uh, more comments here. Is Sonny Aluko New Deal being held up over his Ballon d'Or <laughs> bonus? Interesting thought there. Um, Charlie D. Chance are, are at their best when they are organic and are up from nowhere. So Seb is right. If they spread out in the North Stand more, that would be a big help. Um, bits coming back there. Yeah, just a little bit of more familiarity needed, I think, there. But really good question. And perfect for this kind of, yeah, this is why we go live. So we can have a bit of a debate rather than just me and chat. Me and me and chat talk about Seb. Me and Seb talk about chat because we are going to go nerdy now. We're going to go into Portsmouth. We're going to try and find these weaknesses. Firstly, can I say thank you to Tom on Facebook, Tom Freeman. Thank you for the thumbs up. And I think Steve Oswick sent us something as well. So thank you for everyone watching on Facebook. If you are watching on Facebook and Twitter and you've asked a question and I've not read it out, it's because I can't see it like Ron Burgundy teleprompter situation. So if you can jump over to YouTube, if you want to join in the debate, um, we'll see your comments there and we'll work on this because this has been happening for the last few if weeks. If you're not so on YouTube, Woodward will not read it. Woodward will not read it, yep. Um, let's move on and chat about Portsmouth, Seb. And remind us where Portsmouth find themselves going into this game. So very, very hard on our coattails, aren't they? Just below us in the league. So they're sitting in 10th, two points behind us, but they do have two games in hand, which is what makes tomorrow so, so crucial. Played 35 games so far this season, won 16, drawn nine and lost 10, scored 53 goals and conceded 38. They're in a really, really good run of form as well. They're on a seven-game unbeaten run. They've won six and drawn one of the last seven games, uh, which is, what, 19 points available from the last 21. Uh, and in that run, they're averaging over three game, three goals per game as well it's like 3.1 goals per game so hopefully we should be in for a bit of a uh, uh, a bit of excitement tomorrow they've got a really difficult run coming up we're sort of the start of a little bit of a horrible run for them after us they've got Plymouth Wickham Bolton and Rotherham uh, consecutively so they have got a bit of a horrible run on the horizon so like us they'll be seeing it as a massive massive game and one they have to take some points from going into that, that tough run very much like we're seeing it with our games against Oxford and, and Plymouth coming up on the horizon but very very similar to us and, and you know They'll be hoping, just like us, they can make this late dash to try and gate crash sixth spot in the playoffs. Yeah, and those games in hand will give them confidence. But those, yeah, those are some nasty fixtures, mm. albeit. Um, are they playing Plymouth away or at home, do you know? I think Plymouth was away and I think Wickham was yeah. at home. Right. Um, but Bolton might be out of it that, by that point. And Rotherham, Rotherham are a little bit... And we need, the, we need um... Rotherham to be promoted by Easter. So when we play, they don't really care. And in memory of that shirt you've got on your wall there, wherever it is on the screen, uh, we'd like one of those games against Rotherham where they don't really care, like when we battered Portsmouth 3-0 after they got promoted in, in 2003. Exactly right. Well, uh, let's briefly mention their victory last time out. I mean, not not a massive surprise, but... No, they, they beat crew there. Yeah, they beat Crew uh, 3-1 on, on Tuesday night. And really weirdly, they did it with 35% possession. So we'll come on to their possession stats in a bit. But for them, that's way, way down, you know, on, on normal. So Crew obviously were knocking the ball around uh, for, for, with no real intent and no real purpose. So a fairly comfortable win for them. 17 shots, 12 on target. Uh, quite low passing, though, 255. They normally average over 300 passes, short passes per game. So the passing stats were way, way down as well. But they were they were clinical when it mattered. Uh, the strike force got on the score sheet. George Hurd 
Hurst continued his recent good run of form. We'll, we'll come on to him when we do the team selection. And Tyler Walker, um, who's got a bit of history with us and, and, and the North Stand. I don't really know why uh, he got one as well. Yeah, that's what he did. Was it the FA Cup game or something he got? For Lincoln, yeah. Yeah, so we're, no we're in Lincoln, yeah. So obviously he's played for Cowley before. So the, both strikers got on the score sheet. Hurst is in good form. So they're, yeah, good, a good win coming into this game. And let's remind everyone, after some some pretty stark information we've just opened with there, last time out, though, oh, we um, battered them, didn't yeah, Bits's prediction. Them. Yeah, we battered them 4-0, didn't we? So I think, was it just after the 2-2 Cambridge, <clears> the 2-0 <throat> up and we dropped the points against Cambridge? I think this was the, the follow-up game in, in midweek. And yeah, I mean, the first half, I remember being fairly even. I think the goalkeeper made a real rick right on half-time, didn't he, that Bond capitalised on. I think there were questions over the keeper for Sonia Luca's goal for the second one as well. And then I remember Chaplin with a really lovely side-footed low finish at some point and Burns got on the score sheet as well. And I remember Burns having a bit of a field there. He isolated the left. Uh, they play a three at the back system. I'm sure he isolated the left-hand centre-back and, and really sort of ran at him for the last 20 to 25 minutes or so. So, yeah, it was a, a strange one because we absolutely battered them and then we followed it up against Fleetwood by by beating them in the 90th minute and obviously as we know under under Cook that was the only time we won back-to-back games but I think that was one of those times a bit like Doncaster 6-0 a bit like Wickham 4-1 where we kind of thought here we go we finally got lift off the the gelling is finally complete and here we go and it, it never really happened did it but we certainly battered them last time yeah and that ended a five-game losing streak against Portsmouth um, two FA Cup games in there. They were they, they a team that we uh, said in the early noughties, I, I seem to, or mid noughties, I think, when they're in the Premier League, maybe just after they won it, um, playing them then. But yeah, two FA Cup games, probably one was a replay, I think. Um, the one where, Mal- was it, who scored Malachek that long ranger? And, you know, I don't know who scored the goal, but I remember Larchek got sent off and I think Luke Hyam was captain and stuff. And having the biggest at Portman Road when I think, did Liam Trotter get a red card that wasn't deserved? Or, yeah, that was the FA Cup. I remember that. Mark yeah, Halsey. Yeah. yeah, never forget. And three, yeah, but three defeats in League One. So that was good to turn that one around. I mean, the, the overall record against Portsmouth is generally positive. Um, Ipswich with 20 wins in all competitions, Portsmouth with 16 and 12 draws. But our last win against Portsmouth at Portman Road, do you remember this? Because I certainly don't. 1 0 in the Paul Jewell era, Keith Andrews with the goal. And that was the season that Portsmouth were relegated with David Norris, their top scorer, with eight goals. So that tells you a story. Did he go straight there from, from us or did he go to I think so. Leeds? I can't remember. He went for a payday, oh. didn't he? And he ended up getting relegated. I can't which one he went to. I, I, I can't remember. But Not too sure. Yeah, no, I can't. I have no recollection of that game no. or some of that era whatsoever. I mean, I've kind of put the dual era. If, I, like if only put... we'd have signed Charlie Austin, but I guess we'll come on to that later. Yeah. Um, we like to focus in if, when we've, because we, we're a bit nerdy, try to give an, an away, if it's an away game, sorry, if it's an away game for the opposition try to give a bit of a slant on their away form. And and to be fair, it's pretty consistent at either side. Um, tenth in the kind of – is that tenth in the away form league? Yeah, tenth in the away – in the so if all games were away, they'd be tenth in the league. Yeah, played 17, yeah. won six, drawn five and lost six, scored 19 goals in all their away games and conceded 18. Yeah, so the goal difference isn't great away from home. You mentioned won their last two. Actually, they've not kept a clean sheet – away from home since early January, and that was against AFC Wimbledon. Um, but we'll come on to the defensive stats um, a little bit later. Talk to us very briefly about Danny Cowley. It's a name that we're familiar with, some unpleasant memories from the Mick era. 
Yeah, so obviously the Cowley brothers, we have that horrific night on BBC in early 2017, was it? I think it was under. When we were under Mick and we lose the replay to Lincoln, and yeah, I mean, what a success story they were there. You know, they took them from non-league all the way up to League One, and then they got a move to, to Huddersfield in the Championship, but struggled there and, and didn't really do much at all. And they were obviously heavily linked with us a year ago, weren't they? When when Lambert went, it was very much either going to be the Cowley brothers or, or Paul Cook, and I think most fans were pretty much split down the middle as to who they would have preferred. I think I was in the Paul Cook camp at the time. Oh, were you? Thing. Yeah, I think you, I was, you were in the Cowley camp. I was Cowley's, yeah. Joe was Cowley as well because, yeah, obviously, you know, he brings an extra assistant manager and stuff with him sliding so he can doors. share the workload. It is a proper sliding doors moment, isn't it? So they were appointed, I think it was just after or just, no, just before I think Paul Cook came to us. So he's played 54, managed 54 games, 124, drawn 11 and lost 19, which is 1.54 points per game. So if you equate that to a full season, it's about 70 to 71 points. So just sort of shy of the uh, of, of the playoffs, which explains why they are where they are in the league at the moment. Yeah, let's go into some of these stats because uh, as I was going through these, there's, I mean, there's nothing that jumps out as being particularly exceptional. And so this just, to me, feels like a team that's well-drilled, that's functional, that does the basics right and generally has maybe better players against most of the teams in the division. I mean, we kind of talked about the goals. 53 goals scored in their 35 games is the 11th best in the division. It's one and a half goals a game on average. Um, We mentioned that 19 goals scored in their 17 away games. That's not particularly good. 15th best. Um, uh, You know, shots per game, 11th in the league. Um, away from home, it's a little bit higher, um, but you know, shots on target is pretty decent. Um, of the of the thirteen odd shots they have on average a game, five of those are on target, which is pretty good. So they're obviously creating decent quality chances and trying to get them on target. There's not a huge amount of long shots involved here. A lot of the goals kind of come from within the eighteen yard box. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, XG's eighth best. Away, it's ninth best. Expected goals against is seventh best away. It's ninth best. I mean, there's a lot of stats here that don't jump out to me as like this is a team that is massively on form. And, uh, you know, they're 10th in the league. Whilst the results have been positive of late, Seb, I guess we, we need to remember that this is a team that has kind of had a nice upward curve of late. But yeah, over the they, course of the season, it's been very up and down, haven't they? Very much so. They were struggling. They 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 dropped right right off it at one point. I mean, we battered them 4-0 and the fans were booing and stuff back it was in. close, wasn't October. it? That felt like tipping point maybe for Cowley there. Yeah, potentially there's a lot of rumours that he, he, he might have gone and stuff because the fans weren't happy at all. And it, it's only this sort of last seven games they've really looked very much like us. They've really hit a, a patch of form, but not been able to shift themselves up the table where they probably think they should should be higher up because because everyone above, like we're finding, keeps winning week in week out. So they've closed the gap on the playoffs, and they'll be they're really crucial for those two games in hand, aren't they? If they can pick up decent points against them, however that might not be the case going into this awful run of four, uh, going to this hard run of fixtures. Um, but they're going to be reliant on that because, like us, they they've probably left themselves too much to do based on a, a relatively poor start to the season. Yeah, one other stat that I found was vaguely interesting is they're almost as bad as being offside as we are. So there you go. So if Macaulay Bond starts tomorrow, it could be a record for the, the most <laughs> ever offsides in a The most yeah, amount of t- game spent in offside, yeah, it could be <laughs> going there. In, in terms of possession, uh, I guess no real surprise. That it's, it, well, maybe it is a surprise because I think certainly when we were talking about the Cowleys in the context of the Ipswich job, a lot of people were concerned long ball merchants, but certainly not the case that Pompey, 77% of their passes are short passes and that's maintained quite well away from home 
but 52.8% possession, 10th best in the league. Sev, yeah. not... a, a, lot, a lot of their stats explain why they're 10th in the league because they are sort of, yeah. you know, lower, lower third stats, aren't they? It's why they are where they are. Which is why the, the crew result was surprising as well with the 35-odd percent possession. It was a uh, a real strange... Because I looked at the other games before that thinking oh, maybe they've changed something in their style of play, but they haven't. It was a, a sheer sort of one-off. It was, yeah, a strange one. Um, let's talk about these, the defensive stats because maybe this is maybe this is a little bit of an indicator as to why the performances have improved of late. Similar to us, there's a good strong foundation here in respect of goals conceded and clean sheets and so on. Talk to us about some of these stats as well. Yeah, so 38 goals conceded, which is 1.1 per game, and they've kept 15 clean sheets, which is really good. That's the fifth be- fifth best in the uh, uh, in in the league. They they play it back three. We'll come on to the formation. They play it back three like we do. So they've got that solid base to build from. They've conceded 18 goals away from home, which is just over one per game, which is the third best in League One. So you know, defensively, they're they're, they're pretty good in terms of you know uh, shutting out the opposition and, and not letting them create a lot of chances against them. Seven clean sheets away from home, but like you said earlier in the in the show, they've not kept a clean sheet away from home since the middle of January. They've only conceded three goals from counter-attacks, seven from set pieces. Uh, five of those were away. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, so, very much so. You know, with our speed and we'd, we're not sure if Burns will be, you know, fit to play and stuff, but with the pace we've got in our side you'd like to think we'd look to, you know, exploit that and hit them on the break, but they seem to be pretty pretty decent at preparing for that. Yeah, and then, I mean, the rest of these stats we've got here are, again, pretty mid, you know, mid table Disciplinary wise, again, 63 yellows, two reds, not particularly dirty, but more so away from home. It feels like there's, they definitely set themselves up to be a little bit more combative away from home, which I guess shouldn't come as a surprise. Um, so we should expect maybe a little bit more gamesmanship, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of fouls conceded, quite high, um, sixth worst and even higher away from home. But the third most fouled team in the league. Lots of this kind of contradictory information here when it comes to Portsmouth. As, as we said, it starts to be really difficult to kind of try and navigate this. Let's let's talk about things which are more factual, which we can kind of well, stats are factual, but things we know more about. Talk to us about January business, Seb. Yeah, so it's coming in out. Like most clubs, they had a bit of a of a reshuffle. So there were seven arrivals and eight departures. So quite heavy turnover for the January window. The most notable arrivers uh, were Aidan O'Brien, who came in from Sunderland. I think he went. I think he dropped down from Millwall to go to Sunderland and never really hit the heights there. And he's kind of found his game time there limited with the likes of Aidan McGeady and uh, Pritchard coming in. So he's moved there. They took Denver Holm, a left back from Sunderland as well. And we spoke about earlier Tyler Tyler Walker joined on loan from from Coventry. So they've looked to boost their their attacking options and I guess their creative options in the final third and obviously walker um, played under cowley like we said at lincoln so he kind of knows all about him i'm sure did we go to the away game did he was he the guy that scored the chip when uh norris rushed out yeah he was wasn't he so he's got a pretty decent yeah. record against us as well as the 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 bit between his teeth for whatever reason with the north stand so i think he'll yeah. be well up for it tomorrow and not too many notable out um outs that two we've come up against in recent weeks though yeah, the last week we faced them both. So John Marquis, the striker, moved on to Lincoln and Ellis Harrison went to, to Fleetwood. So they bought, you know, they, they sh- sent out some of the, the squad options from the front and they bought a couple of new players in to freshen things up a little bit. Yeah, let's quickly catch up with some comments. We do want to hear from you. So if you've got any insights, if you can point us in the right direction in terms of where we should be looking for weaknesses and so on, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Bits has obviously been listening to Cowley's pre-match. We certainly haven't heard that. So if you want to elaborate a little bit more of that, Bits, we'd be interested to hear that. And It'll be the injuries that Bits is, Bits is prefer, uh, referring to. We'll come on to it, but yeah, he's, he's, oh, okay. basically already, he's already saying you know that oh we've got a very small squad and only got 15 fit players, that kind of thing. 
AD, great to have you with us. First time I watched Blue Monday. Um, thank you for joining us, um, AD. And yeah, um, screen, great idea. One problem, as you said, Steph, um, only three only three times of the ground will be able to see it. But yeah, great to have you with us, AD. Thank you for, for joining in. Um, he did say we were the best team in the league. Was that Cowley? Does that ring any bells for you, Seb? I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Um, here you go. FPL Tractor theory on the possession percentage being low because they would tune up early. Sit behind the ball and keep them at arm's length. That's yeah, probably. potentially. Yeah, they scored after three minutes, so you know, I guess if you go one and up in that quick against a side like we saw, I guess with uh, against Burton, you know, if you go that that goal up so early on, you can sort of dictate the game at your own pace and just sort of sit back, can't you? Yep. Uh, Paul's blue. At this stage, our squad depth comes into its own. We'll talk about it switch in a minute. So if you want to give us your picks for the weekend and your thoughts and who comes in and who might miss out. Um, I, I think we're, we've all listened to McKenna's pre-match and can make some assumptions, but I think we're, um, we're any, just as wise as you folks are on these ones. So any thoughts on, on how to deal with some of the, the, the absentees, um, but definitely comes into its own and um, his points uh, here. Other squads will begin to where there is a tough season coming to end. Um, our squad will be Portsmouth, a case in point. I think that's probably, Fair to say, particularly in those attacking options, Seb, which we'll talk about for Portsmouth shortly. Um, FPL Tractor, I did put this out, but I'll put it up again. Best to block out the Duncan and the dual eras. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Skip talking about um, the Bowie classic, the Bewley Brothers. I'll have to put that one on YouTube when we finished. Skip, it's not one that's off the top of my head. Andy! Um, good to have a chat with your gold star. Yeah, Andy the Postman. Brilliant stuff. We were, we were chatting pretty much before Southampton. Great to, um, to have you back with us, Andy. Thank you for joining in. Um, AD, yeah. Who remembers when Portsmouth came to Port Road and Mr. Portsmouth, the guy with the huge dreadlocks and the ringing the bell, standing on the executive boxes, top of the league with Harry and Jim. That, in terms of chance for Blue Action, we need something as catchy as that chant was because I can still remember that as well, AD. And that's why the shirt is there in honour of that victory from that match. Lee, if we've gone for the Cowleys, we may have ended up with Game Changer McKenna. Very, Every very cloud. true. Yeah, exactly very true. right. Um, FBR Tractor, I think we've dealt with this point. I think we both agree, Seb, that they are not... No, they're more of a, a passing side, more of a short passing side. It's about 77% of their passing is is short passing and they average over 300 a game, so they're, they're nowhere near as direct as they used to be. And Andy, doing my job for me. Yeah, do hit that like button. Some more thumbs up. Um, from folk on Facebook. So thank you everyone for that. And actually, look, Andy is commenting from Facebook. So it is working, I think. We're just not seeing anything from Twitter, but do jump on YouTube. But yeah, thank you, um, Andy. Um, and we appreciate everyone who's joining us on a Friday night as well. Um, big excitement before tomorrow. Um, thoughts on this one? So we might talk about Burgess shortly. Um, do we think Portsmouth will try and pull him wide and try and turn him? Should we actually hold that thought? We'll finish off Portsmouth first. Um, and I noticed, Charlie, you've put a comment as well about Burns. So let's finish Portsmouth. Let's finish Portsmouth off like the like the, like Ipswich will tomorrow. And then we'll um, and then yeah, we'll talk about um, our team. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. 
NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Talk about the, um, you mentioned three at the back, Seb. Yeah, so they're very much a three at the back kind of side, and like us, it's the base for all of their all of their kind of success. But but as as Bits was saying, you know, Cowley's been banging onto. They have got a lot of injuries. Uh, Michael Jacobs. We'll we'll go, we'll go through the, the lineup shortly. Is it? But sorry, bare bones is it? Yeah, bare bones. They had a couple of kids on the bench against Crew came on in, in in midweek, and I think they were saying Jacobs coming back into fitness means they've got like fifteen fit senior players. So they have got an awful lot of players out missing. But there there are three at the back so, uh, side. We've mentioned the keeper already, Gavin Banzu. He's on loan from Man City. He's been a virtual ever present. Thirty three appearances with thirteen clean sheets. He was the one that Bond got the better of uh, in the first half. Yeah, the, the he won't be playing is, short and trying to. Turn no, him. he won't be. Well, he won't take a touch and stuff and look to look to roll it out. He'll he'll, he'll be going long. I'd imagine every chance you can get it if Bon is, is playing. Uh, Ollie Weber is the backup. He joined from Palace in, in the January window. So the three centre-backs, so it'll be Sean Raggett in the centre. Now, he's a big, big threat from set pieces. Ex-Norwich, uh, 34 appearances so far this season and five goals. So he's a big threat when he comes up for the free kicks and for the corners. Clark Robertson's just come back to uh, come back to fitness. He's the left-sided of the three. Uh, he's made 16 appearances so far this season. And Hayden Carter, they've got this guy on loan from Blackburn, who they seem to rate really highly. There was a couple of things on their forums saying, unless Blackburn go up to the to the Premier League, they've got no chance of signing him again next season because they're anticipating big things for him. Uh, but I did see in, the, in some of the pre-match comments, he is a slight doubt for tomorrow. He came off with 15 minutes to go uh, against Crew on Tuesday night, so he is a, a, a slight doubt. He, he joined on loan uh, from Blackburn in January and he's made 11 appearances and scored one goal so there might be some uh, a, a kind of Reshuffling. similar issue at centre-back for them as there is for us potentially um, yeah and sorry go on so they, they'll they play wing-back system like we do so the right wing-back is a guy called Marlon Romeo uh, 27 appearances two assists and if you look at his heat map he very much likes to hug the touchline you know he doesn't look to bring the ball in field he's an out and out kind of you know chalk on the boots kind of kind of fullback uh, and the left wing-back I'm gonna let you pronounce it because I got it very very wrong in the green room so I'll let you I was really the, hoping uh, you'd have another go at it but uh, I'm not falling for that one again I pronounce it as go on you tell me what it really is he's so I think he's ex-Gillingham isn't he Connor Ogilvy yes. 
yeah, Ogilvy. I was pronouncing his Ogilvy or something in the in the green room, and you were laughing at me. So he's a left-sided centre back uh, by design, but because of the issues they've got, he's been playing in the left kind of wing-back role. So if you look at his heat map, he doesn't venture very far forward at all in that role. Uh, he's very much a stay-at-home kind of player. But I'm assuming if the Blackburn guy Carter is injured, he'll drop into the back three, and we might see Denver Holm, who they signed in January from Sunderland, come into that left wing-back role. Hume. Hume. What did I say? You've added an L into his name. I think it is an L. Now, you're, now you're adding letters. I thought it was Denver Hulm. No, it's Hume, isn't it? Tell oh, us right, okay. in the comments. I'm sure it's Denver Hume. In fact, I'm going to Google it. Tell us about their centre mid. So centre mid, we know Joe Morrill, the guy we tried to pinch just to rub salt further into the wound in the in the winter. I think he came uh, in the summer. I think he came from um, he came from um, the Championship Luton. I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, 26 appearances, no goals, two assists. Uh, he's very much like we were discussing Barry Ban and Alan Judge a few weeks ago. He has touches all over the pitch, but he does like to kind of link with the right wing back. So don't be surprised to see him drift out slightly wide uh, and link up with Romeo on the right hand side. And Lewis Thompson is likely to be the other one. Uh, 20 two appearances and one goal or Ryan Tunnicliffe could come back into the side. Tunnicliffe played against Accrington last weekend and he got two assists and a goal. So it's quite strange. He was benched for the, uh, the game in midweek, but he has had a, I think he's had a hip abductor problem earlier in the season. So I think they are looking to, to bring him back slowly. So he might come in for Thompson potentially, but he'll be a, a central midfield too. And this is where they've got injuries. Again, they signed Sean Williams, who's a really experienced defensive central midfielder. He's shattered two of his vertebrae. So he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, Reco Hackett Fairchild is a, a left winger slash left fullback. He's out as well. Uh, Jay Mingi came on the bench in midweek. He's had a shoulder injury and had a long term out. loan out to a lower league team as well. Mingy, yeah, so, so they, they're, they're a side that are down to the bare bones in, in central midfield. And, and Michael Jacobs, as we discussed, the guy that we were going to sign in the summer and did all the paperwork and then Suddenly, Mark Ashton's eyes were, were, were linked to Carl Edwards instead, and we, we brought him in. Uh, he's been out for the last three weeks. He's missed five games, but they said he's back in training this week, so he could come back into contention. But I'd assume having had three weeks and, and five games out, he'd like to be a bench option. I worth mentioning, Joe Morrell um, is uh, born in Ipswich as well. It's an interesting bit of trivia there. Um, let's talk about the kind of attacking options. Uh, Ronan Curtis is a name that's probably well-known to a few people, isn't it? So Yeah, good player. I really like him. He's a good player. Did he score the Thunderbolt against us at Fratton Park? Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was a wet, miserable day there, wasn't it? Yeah, Park. yeah, good player. I do really like him. 32 appearances so far this season. Five goals and seven assists. He will drift out to the left-hand side if... Oli Givi is the left fullback to make up for him going uh, not being very venturous going forward so I like Ronan Curtis he's a really good player he'll start in that kind of that number 10 what they do is it's a 3-4-1-2 or depending on personnel they make it into a 3-4-2-1 they can change it in game quite a lot but with with Harkness out suspended he'll be the, the attacking midfield option and Aidan O'Brien is the other option who can fit in that sort of that number 10 role and look to look to pull the strings and for folk of a certain vintage the attacking duo to make you feel like some famous fathers haven't they yeah so it makes you feel old doesn't it you've got george hurst son of david uh, and you've got tyler walker son of des so yeah it, 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 we're all getting long in the tooth here aren't we so george hurst is on loan from leicester uh 29 appearances eight goals and three assists but that doesn't really tell the whole story because the vast majority of his goals have come in the last three or four games he got two last weekend two in midweek I think he got one against Oxford in the preceding game to to those two so he is very much a man in form uh, and Tyler Walker as we've already discussed a couple of times he got his 
first goal for them on Tuesday night against Crew. Joined on loan in January. It was his first goal in 10 appearances, but they will be the front two and looking to, you know, be pests and lead from the front and press and, and look to get in our faces a little bit. And Hurst is quite tall as well. I'm not sure he's particularly imposing in the air, but is definitely a, a target man option there. And Walker's got pace. So yes. that's going to be interesting. And yeah, it's, it's nicely poised, this one, isn't it? Um, let's go back to the comments and see what folk have got to say. Um, you, should we start? Should we do, do we do with Michael's point about Burgess? I mean, let's, look, let's start to talk about Ipswich as well here. So Edmondson out for seven to eight weeks, it sounds like, which McKenna sort of the, suggested was... Back to the playoff was, final. Yeah, exactly right. Um, is, is, a, is, is, is a not as bad a situation as it could be? I quite like the idea of Burgess in the left centre-back position because that's his position. I'm not sure if he's more familiar playing in a four than a three. No, he played in the back three at Accrington. That's, that's what he knows, isn't it? That's, there you that's go. Well, I stand spent corrected. the vast majority of, uh, of his club time in, in this league in, as the left-hand side in the back three. So in theory, aside from looking to bring the ball forward like Edmondson does, it should be a pretty, pretty straightforward role for him to slide into because he should be used to it. And, and I think the formation therefore negates some of the concern that Michael's got here because there's an important job for Thompson, isn't there, to avoid that situation? Very much so, yeah. Thompson, as we know, isn't you know a full-flying uh, out-and-out wing-back or an out-and-out-winger. He's, he's very much a left-back playing slightly further up the pitch. So his natural instincts will will help Burgess. They'll look to get Romeo, I guess, banging down the down the wing. Uh, and as we said, it's um, Joe Morelli likes to come right and link up. So they might look to double up in the area of the pitch, but Thompson's got a crucial, crucial role there to really sort of protect Burgess because they will look to exploit him because he's going to be the, the difference. You know, we've had this back three for, what is it, 15, 16 games consecutively now. It's finally about to be broken up so naturally you would look to exploit the uh, the new guy in that in that link up and kirk's got a really great point here lincoln um i don't know if you picked this up on the on the i follow stream really snapping around us um stifled a second off by snapping in tackles i think it was the same first half kirk and lots of little sneaky bits and and i think edmondson's injury came from a little bit of naughty off the ball stuff and wolfenden was being shirt pulled all over the place in penalty area as well when we had corners but it it does feel like maybe you said this team has now got to a point where it's it's form is well known the style of play is well known so teams who maybe aren't gonna compete on that way words uh, look, look to level it up look to, yeah look to, yeah do the nasty stuff against the, the s housery stuff that traditionally we've never been that good at dealing with but fingers crossed if if morsey is fit you know he's he, he can give it out as as good as he can take it yep um skip andy warren and the kings of anglia made a great point that when burns and jd bomb on thompson fridge pivot to give us effectively about four i think this will help burgess and covers yeah Good, yeah. Andy Warren makes uh, good old Andy Warren, our good buddy at the Kings of Anglia. Yeah, he's a, give Andy Warren a follow if you don't already. Uh, my Matthew uh, Portsmouth have got good recent form. But five of the last seven games were at home, so difficult to get a true handle on them, especially away from home. I think that's where we were struggling a little bit. Um, and Romeo wing back, hopefully a tragic performance. Says FPL track. So I read that before I put it on the screen, so I made sure I didn't inadvertently stumbling to make it into a, a serious point there. Um, to Portsmouth back three, uh, three at the back, try and bring the ball out. Um, not sure. I, I guess I said, given the short passes we've talked about there, looking at the personnel, 
Um, I would imagine Carter that does, yeah. The guy, Carter, the guy I'm from yeah. Blackburn is the guy that looks to bring the ball yeah. forward. Uh, Ragga, uh, from the limited knowledge I have of him, seems to be very much an old-fashioned, you know, big guy who will just simply look to, to sort of clear his lines and stuff. Carter is the one who will look to bring the ball forward. Um, Skip saying um, Morel is similar to Carroll. I would, I think Morel is more similar to Morsey, I'd say. Yeah, I think he's a bit more energetic, I would say, given if you look at his heat map, he's kind of all over the place, whereas, you know, Carroll tends to be a bit more sort of languid and and, and, and plays a, a deeper role, I would suggest. Um, Pajar, Night Badger, I'll put a fiver on Tunnicliffe. Yeah, there's always that possible return risk isn't there um as lee says at least nugent doesn't play for them anymore um in talking about players um who have got famous fathers um ian wright's grandson plays for stoke i didn't know i didn't know that i saw his son just retired in the mls um but i didn't know his grandson played for stoke wow we are we are all getting old um paul is blue um cameron burgess to score there you go there's um there's a betting tip there when the fun stops stop and yeah i i i was so uh, along with my uh, North Stand neighbour was thinking that Burgess was going to come on and score a header from a corner, given we've been so incapable of them. So there's there's a thought to to be um, thinking about about uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, Chaplin on the corners, Burgess sticks one in. Didn't um, Luca take a couple of good corners as well the other night? So uh, they've they've gotten a lot lot better since since yeah. Morgan away. Um, a makes a good point. Burgess is left footed and won't have to keep cutting inside. Um, I think that's. Fair. Um, corners aren't great, are they? We'd love to see some towering headers. There we go. Um, it's almost like I've planned this. Um, a back if we score from a corner, Burgess will be involved. And there you go. It's almost. Did you read that, Seb? I, I didn't read it. No, I didn't. Brilliant. There you go. Let's talk about the Ipswich team then. Michael's given us another thought about Piggott, giving Portsmouth like to play balls into um, the, from set pieces runs. Let's. We, I think we've, we're happy with Edmondson. Um, out, Burgess in, Burgess in. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not happy assume, about it. No, we, we're going to are we going to assume that Burns and Morsey? Morsey sounds like he'll play in the in a big game. I think he'll play with Backinson alongside him. And Backinson did well, didn't he, against um, uh-huh. uh, against Fleetwood in the middle in, in midweek? Uh, are we thinking Burns is going to be fit? I hope so. I guess if he's not, we'll see Vincent Young come in. But that's a worry because he hasn't trained a week either. So I guess yeah. that right hand side could be an issue as well. But let's be let's be positive and hope that Burns will will be fit enough to start. And then it'll be the the front three, the ever changing front three. I mean, for me, Aluko has to start after the other night. You know, he was imperious. He was superb. He, you know, his his close control, his touch, his awareness is phenomenal. So I'd have him as one of them. I'd have Jackson as one of them because his pace is can tear teams apart when he runs through the channels. Plus, he's in form. Is it three in his last four or three in his last five? Maybe so. He's the striker that's in form and then I guess you've got to choose between you know Piggott or Selena I think I, I quite like the the sort of the two number 10s so maybe a Luco and Selena just behind Jackson is the focal point but then Jackson's not going to get much joy up against Raggett with his back to goal because Raggett is a you know a big guy so maybe you do bring in Piggott to do the the the, the back to goal kind of stuff and look to create space for others and dropped in but link up the play because he did that really well against Fleetwood last week. So for me, I definitely have a Luco and I definitely have Jackson starting and the, and the third one. We'll see what McKenna wants to do. What are your thoughts on it? I, I think, so Morsey and Burns both sound like there'll be really close calls on Saturday, which is obviously a bit of a concern. So let's hope that Burns is fit. Obviously, he finished the match against Lincoln, yeah. which gives us a little bit more confidence and will be he's been carrying an injury. Morsey, I think, might be borderline. So what I like is what is Backinson and Selena is the central midfield too. Okay, then, so you can go for it, and then you can have the yeah. And then Luco ahead of them, 
and then Piggott and Jackson. That's maybe where I would go. But yeah, we'll no, fair enough. Yeah, so he did okay in that role of the weekend. I know the goals came from when we made that that change, but he was still pinging balls around lovely in the first half, and he's played that role for, for Swansea and for Kosovo and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've got to win. So what, what do you think about maybe a Luko in central midfield? I think he could do the job there as well. Maybe keep yeah. Selena slightly more advanced. Yeah, I think that might work as well. Yes, yeah, a good short, a good shout. Yeah, I'm just thinking, will we see Elkin Baggett on the bench, do you think? I presume he'll have to be. I, I, I'm not, Penny, Penny, I guess, will come in on the on the bench. And I'm not sure if he can slot in a, as a you know a left-handed, a left-sided centre back if he had to. But you know, McKenna in the in the pre-match presser has really talked up Elkin Baggett, hasn't he? He said he's trained for the last six weeks with them, played in behind closed doors games, and they they think he's got a big big future. And I guess he's played international football and stuff. So he's you know, although he's not played much for us, he's still played a lot of a lot of potentially big games. So yeah, why why not have him on the bench and get him involved? Because he looks like he's going to be a good good player for us. Yeah, well, we'll um, we'll see what happens. It might be a, f- a change to four at the back. Who knows? But we will find out tomorrow um, or on Saturday today when you're listening to this. Um, as always, we'll be back to talk about it on the flagship show. Uh, we'll get your predictions for the end of the pod. So um, start getting them in now. We'll come back to the comments in a second once we've done sliding doors as well. Um, but a few bits and pieces in terms of plugs. Um as always, uh, worth mentioning, this this show is brought to you in association with our good friends at the Greyhound um, Pub in Ipswich on Fonnerow Road. Um, we'll be there tomorrow, Seb, and as we mostly are, um, but a good pre-match venue, good choice of beers, good choice of food, reasonable choice of people. Um, and Rainbow Tractors, I believe, are having a meet-up there as well. Um, I think possibly, is it first? I'm not sure. And a first anniversary, maybe or something like that. Um, I'm not sure, but certainly they are there. Um, hit to their Twitter to see what's going on there. But do get involved and give um, the Greyhound your, your support. Uh, as I mentioned, the flagship show is back on Monday morning, as always. I'm struggling to remember who's... In ben, Dave and Joe, I want to say. No, Ben, Craig and that. Joe. I think Dave's got the weekend off, hasn't he? Dave's got the week off, hasn't he? So, yeah. Ben, Craig and Joe, that'll be out as usual on Monday morning. And then as we mentioned, plenty of interest, intrigue, excitement ahead of ITFC Women's FA Cup quarterfinal on the Sunday. We'll be talking about that midweek. We'll be talking about, who have we got next week? Oxford away, blimey. Oh, good luck, Seb, finding the weaknesses in Oxford. Um, (laughs) Maybe they don't score goals every minute. Um, So we'll be back to talk about that. But everything you need to know, all of our socials, um, all of our podcast feeds, all of our video feeds, bluemondayitfc.co.uk and do give us a follow on Twitter at bluemondayitfc. Um, Are you ready for my favourite feature ever? Always ready for it. It's effortless Um, at this stage. Worth mentioning that the um, copyright police have forced me to change the music. So here's different theme music for Sliding Doors. little bit kind of trip hoppy there i quite like that um no real theme in terms of sliding doors just music that isn't going to get us demonetized by youtube let's quickly have a look at the league table there it is brilliant well done sir you are the best <laughs> fantastic good for you um we're going to concentrate on the paul hurst era um, for those of you who haven't um listened or watched this feature before uh, we each nominate a moment in a manager's manager's tenure that if it had gone one way rather than the other, things would have been completely different, typically for the best. And given we're choosing Paul Hurst, uh, it was very easy to choose the Rotherham 
defeat. So that's off the table. Um, so we've picked different things. Get your thoughts in the comments as we go. If you've got any other suggestions too, um, Seb, do you want to go first? I'll give you the choice because you know it's your. It's your Maybe I go first. Exactly. Go on, Maybe you can see. If, yeah, first. see if it changes your fortune. You go first. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, I'm going to pick Paul Hurst's um, post-match remarks after the defeat to Exeter in the League Cup on penalties, and the huge rupture that that caused in the dressing room to the point where I think he lost the senior players and it was almost impossible to get them back and had he kept them on side if he'd been more diplomatic I suspect that might have been smoothed over and maybe things wouldn't have been so bad but it was kind of the the first domino that kind of culminated in decisions like dropping Bart against Norwich and stuff like that. I think he, for some reason, had the experienced players in his crosshairs. And whilst at the time, I think I was, I was definitely hoping beyond hope that he was the man to change things around and maybe bought into this. In hindsight, looking back now, it was just hugely um, problematic and possibly, as I said, the precursor to everything falling apart. Let me remind you, I, can I do a Paul Hurst? Let's try there need to be a few old truths. No, I can't. Um, I said what I am. And I'm honest. I, it's not generic northern, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I say what I think and what I say, and that's what I saw. Brilliant. With all due respect to, Exeter, the, to what Exeter have put out, it's not their strongest team. We should have controlled the game. We didn't. And another pathetic goal to concede. I'm a big believer in that it's about what goes on between your ears and how you approach things. Clearly, our attitude wasn't right tonight. Um, it starts a training and see, and we'll see who now wants to step up and be the type of character we need going forward. A lot of questions need answering tonight. That performance worries me. I don't think it's a true reflection of what we've got to be. Um, and but that was night and day in comparison to Rotherham. That was night. That was uh, this was night. That was day. And I understand people having concerns. And I think that kind of psychologically, I think not only introduced doubts in the players' mind, but I think more in supporters' minds as well. And I think, as I say, it started to make things a little bit untenable. And the longer then he went without that victory, the pressure just ramped up and up and up. And any kind of question marks about his credentials, I think, suddenly are brought to the fore here as well, because it was the polar opposite of the approach that Mick took, which was defend the players in the press yeah. at all costs, perhaps too far the other way. So psychologically, not only um, is it the total opposite treatment, but the players who are used to that are now really exposed and under pressure. And Luke Chambers came out and did an interview afterwards, which um, raised doubts about what Paul Hurst was talking about. So it just ruptured the squad before we'd even had a real chance to to gel, to use your G word. So, uh, and also you've got, to, you've got to point out that he says that a couple of weeks after. Do you remember when Nudson was at the World Cup and Bart was at the World Cup and Hurst did that weird interview where he said, well, they've never done it for me. They've got to prove it for me, you know. So yeah. this big bust-up after Exeter comes after, you know, our probably two of our better players away at a World Cup tournament being told that they've got to prove themselves in front of him. So, yeah, I think at that point he lost them almost immediately. And I guess you can only call the players out once, can't you? And he yep. used it in his, what, is that his third game in charge? We played Third game. Yeah. So he does it way, way too early. So, no, it's a, it's, it's a good shout. Talk to us about um, someone else. So I think that very, very late on on that transfer window day, we went under the radar a little bit. I don't think it was announced until the window closed a few hours later. Joe Garner uh, goes to Wigan 
doesn't he? Very late on in the window for it's a decent fee. I think it's one one point two, one point three million quid. So it is a decent fee. But I think had we kept Joe Garner, then potentially Paul Hurst's time, you know, we still would have bought in the same kind of signings. But at least we would have had some sort of goal threat at the top end of the pitch. I think we needed to be stronger with him. He said he was homesick. He, he can't have been that homesick because he goes to Cyprus a few months later to join <laughs> up with with Mick, doesn't he? So. He said he was homesick. And what we knew about Paul Hurst was he was very much a 4-1-4-1 player, wasn't a uh, formations man, wasn't he? So I just think if you've got Joe Garner as your one, as your focal point, we saw the season before, you know, I think he got 10, 10 goals in 30-odd appearances. He's a one-in-three man. He's proven at this level. He's well-schooled in the dark arts of holding the ball up and drawing fouls, that sort of thing. And I just think you're going into the campaign with a much more sort of streetwise and savvy performer at the top end of your pitch where it really, really matters. And that way you could ease in the likes of Jackson making a step up from League Two and Harrison making a step up from League One and, and Jordan Roberts making a step up from wherever he came from, League Two, I think it was. Um, and you've got that bit of experience and bit of know-how in the building. So I, I think letting him go was a big mistake. And I think they kind of realised that because is it two weeks later, three weeks later, we bring in Jonathan Walters, who's a very similar kind of player, you know, a very experienced physical player who can hold the ball up. So I think not being stronger with Garner with regards to his his homesickness and him wanting to move on was a mistake. And had we kept him, then the reliance on the likes of Harrison and the reliance on Jackson wouldn't have been there. And we potentially could have, you know, things could have gone differently for him. I'm not saying we would have stayed up or anything and Garner would suddenly become a 20-goal striker. But like he's done previously in the window, you're getting rid of proven championship experience and proven championship numbers uh, when you probably potentially maybe don't have to. I wonder whether Garner saw the iceberg and well, yeah, exactly. We, we won't know. It's got to be treated. Yeah, you've heard the stories, you know, about you walk past his office and his feet are up on the desk and he's unapproachable. And Chris Doig is is the one tearing into people. So yeah, he might have seen that and used the homesickness as an excuse. I just think, you know, I mean, we saw with. Harry Kane in, 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 in the summer, you know, Spurs said, well, you're not going. Ronaldo wants to go to Real Madrid and Ferguson says, you're not going. You know, you can be stronger sometimes for the good of the club. And I wonder if potentially with hindsight, should we have made him stick around to ensure we at least had somebody in the building who was a fairly regular uh, championship scorer? Because after he left, all we had was, was Sears, wasn't it, with, with any kind of championship experience. And he'd been played on the wing for the last three years. So I think it was a big error. I think we should have been stronger. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of recruitment, all the mistakes were kind of made in the summer, weren't they? But yeah, Garner, big character, goal threat. Yeah, big, big miss. So, um, so and crucial to the way he wanted to play. You know, that 4 1 4 1 that we saw with Chalaba slightly deeper than, than the rest of them. You know, that's how he wanted to play. And I think not having that focal point and that link up player in the end obviously cost him because we were there was no threat about us at all, was there? So there you go. We, we'll put the two options on a Twitter poll tomorrow morning. Um, so do get involved in the vote there. We'll go to the comments and see what you've got to say about those as well. Any other suggestions? Um, interested to hear them as well. Um, Sebastian Sebast uh, is happy that Aqua is not in his head. So there you go. I'm happy to oblige, even though I missed the I missed the song. And um, Matt's noticed um, Gav's not done so well there. Maybe we need to get you on, Matt, and put you under the spotlight as well. We'll see. But it's very different when you're in the hot seat, isn't it, Seb, though? You tend to win most weeks. So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, 
there's a school of thought the ex press conference was caused by then they needed to rush for a plane. Yeah, I remember that. The, yeah, the, the EATD guys said that obviously, you know, normally there's a bit of a gap, isn't there, where the manager can cool down before doing the post match, but they were that quick. I think he literally tore into him in the dressing room and within minutes walked out of that that meeting and went straight into the press. So there was a, a school of thought that that had a big a big impact on it. And maybe if he'd have just skipped the post match, got on the plane and then this press conference the next day, it could have been a very different outcome where he's yeah, calm, calm. And rational, you know. Yeah, indeed. Um, Padger would have kept Hurst rather than appointed Lambert. I think certainly knowing what we know about Lambert, uh, quite a few people may have come to that conclusion as well. But Charlie D's blaming Paul Hurst for a lot of what went and the recruitment there. Presumably, Charlie D, a big thing of what you're talking about there. Eric, uh, Eric Clacton, Hurst couldn't manage a youth club back at Grimsby now in the National League. Um, FBO Tractor, I think Hurst was probably right in a lot of what he said. Well, he was but bringing about in the it, GPS right. vests and he brought in performance coaches and stuff. So, you know, a lot of what Hurst did is stuff we're now looking under under game changer. The trouble was that he wasn't the, you know, he was never going to get that kind of support from everyone to do that kind of stuff. And I think like 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 uh, they said, they went, he went about it completely the wrong way. Yeah, and Matt's kind of said that as well. Um, just not equipped to address, address it. Um, but I think, yeah, it's kind of the difference between what uh, why you're doing it and how you're doing it and Paul Hurst's howl was just very poor, wasn't it? And the club didn't really help him at all much either. And that, I, I guess Lee chimes with his thought there. Hurst on hiding to nothing. And I think if you listen to our interview with Alan Lee, there were some very eye-opening thoughts about the recruitment prior to Paul Hurst coming in. So, um, so worth a, a re-listen to that and his thoughts about maybe how Marcus Evans and the club were going about things at that time. Um, Charlie D repeats the point about Grimsby there. Um, Garner wanted to go back north, but we didn't have to sell, says FPO Tractor Seb. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I say, you can be you can be stronger, and we've seen with the likes of Harry Kane and Ronaldo back in the day. You can keep players if you need to. Yeah, you can't keep player doesn't want to be there. But why didn't he want to be there? Skip, I guess, is Seb's point. So, um, yeah. So there you go. So as I say, we will put the usual Twitter poll up. It will be available for a few days, um, and vote however you want, whatever you decide. It's your vote, and I trust you to use it wisely. There you go. Let's listen to some nice trippy hoppy music. I think I'm going to go and listen to the full song of that afterwards. That's um, that's kind of copyright free music that you can get from for YouTube videos. I quite enjoyed that. That's right up my strata. That is. Let's do some predictions because I note that we've got some. We've got plenty there for tomorrow. Seb, do we get a prediction from you? Not yet. No, I okay, think well, they will. I'll let you do that in your closing remarks. Okay. We'll kind of leave with your state of the nation and getting everyone around. You'll get your blue action drum out and get the atmosphere going. So um, Charlie D's going for a 2-1 win. Michael's going for the 3-1 Burgess from a corner. I'm feeling all the more pressure to have to put some money on Cameron Burgess to score Never from the corner. Never bet on your own side. No, Lee's going for a head 2-2, heart 2-1, um, skip 3-1 town, Selena, Wolf, Backinson, there you go, there's a spread of goal scorers, isn't there? 2-0 win for Alex with Jackson to score first. Eric's going for a 2-2, Seabass going for a 2-1. Who's this? Double D, David Diamond going for a stat special, 4-2. That'd be good, wouldn't it? I love a 4-2. 1-1 one, one for FPL Tractor. Both teams probably need the win, so it'll be a draw because that how, that's, how, that's how football works. So there you go. I'm looking for anything more. We've got lots more on um, 
Um, it was Hurstby Chambers and he lost big time. Yeah, there you go. On sliding doors. Um, and uh, late in the window, you can put your foot down on Garner. Yeah. Um, no comment. I, 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 I trust. Yeah. You, good. All good thoughts. Um, I'm going to stop. I'm going to get my, I, I just worry about what to say now because I get accused of playing emotional blackmail and all kinds of stuff. So I'm just going to say the, what's written. I'm just, if it's on the teleprompter, Ron Burgundy's going to say it. Aidy's going for a two all. Two to one, Burgess, Tunnicliffe, and Bon off the bench. There you go. We're getting well, great the away scorers bomb, as yeah. well. Um, two nil says Matt Phil. The defense will be strong, even with the change in personnel. Um, Matt's also keen that folk are aware that um, the last copies of the latest Turnstile Blues, excellent Turnstile Blues, will be on sale before the game tomorrow. One forty-five outside the ground, and also available at the Greyhound if you are there as well. As we mentioned. Um, do support the Greyhound. We will be there tomorrow. Looking forward to that. FBO Tractor, God bless you. Um, voting for me. There we go. Um, were any last shout-outs or goodbyes? We'll put those up before we hear from Seb. But worth just um, adding again, um, Greyhound are very grateful for their support for this for this show, the pre-match show. Um, back as always, every, we, you, um, if you want to see more of these live, we've kind of logistics have maybe got in the way a little bit, but we've had really good chat. So thank you so much for everyone who's joined us tonight and some some new faces as well, which is brilliant. Um, BlueMondayITFC.co.uk is where you need to go for all the information, all of our social media, all of our podcast feed, all of our video. Um, we put an, an itinerary of the shows for the, the weekend as well, so you know what stuff is coming out and when. Um, and do give us a follow on our socials as well, but bluemondayrtfc.co.uk, and join us for the flagship show, which will be available on Monday morning. Let's do some last-minute comments, and then, Seb, I'll let you close us out for the night. Um, Skip, thank you for joining us. Um, Always great to have you with us. Eric as well, um, thank you very much. Cheers. Matt, I'm sure that's just for me plugging 10 Blues. I'm sure that cheers is for both of us. So equal, both equal. Um, cheers for Lee. Thank you very much. Charlie D, thank you. Um, appreciate your support. Um, Michael, good day. Have a great day. Um, it's what, now nine. Is what's, it, what's the time? You start at six. It must be 10 past seven in the morning. 10 past seven. Have a great day. Um, and um, Good to have you back with us as well. Seabass, many thanks for the super chat as well. Seabass, really appreciate that. Um, thank you, Matt. There you go. First live viewing. Oh, we're doing more. Thank you so much. Um, FPL, Tractor, good stuff. Kirk, thank you. Um, Skip, yeah, glad. Um, we always, yeah, we always worry about people having competing objectives on a Friday night. So maybe we'll do a few more of these. But thank you, Skip, for being with us. And AD, great to have you with us as well. If I know who you are, if I th- if you are who I think you are as well, then um, it's great to have you with us. And um, other pubs in Ipswich are also good too. But we obviously big fans of the Greyhound here. Um, and I don't really understand this one. Um, only thirteen. My- I'm not sure what that means. But Matthew Brand. Michael said first of thirteen wins on the bounce. Oh, did I miss something? Did I miss a? No, oh, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, yeah. Michael's yeah. earlier comment. There you go. And Matthew's going with a one nil Chaplin. We'll end on that positivity. And Seb, you're going to end with even more positivity, I hope. Um, Thank you for your uh, diligent research as always. Thank you, everyone else, for joining us. Um, Seb, over to you.
Have a great time tomorrow, everyone. 25,000 people apparently in Portman Road, so it's going to be a big, big game. I'm confident. I think Portsmouth will score, uh, but I think we're going to win 2-1. I, I am confident in that result. Come and see us at the Greyhound beforehand. Shout out to Nick, who had a chat with Craig at the Fleetwood game in midweek. and That's uh, not Fleetwood, uh, whoever it was we played in midweek. Lincoln. Um, come across and see us and say hello to us in one of the booths. Everyone have a great time tomorrow. Big, big running time. Big game season. Uh, come on, you Blues. <laughs> The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.